Welcome back to Native Tongues. We left off in the middle of the questions. Uh, okay. Um, would you rather have a tiger-sized hamster or a hamster-sized tiger? I'm going to go with hamster-sized tiger. I prefer the bigger animal, but I don't want a bigger hamster. So I'm going to go with the tiger. That's a really big freaking hamster. <laughs> Hanging out. And that thing would be scurrying all night long. Oh, God. It wouldn't even be scurrying. That's like loping around your house. You would hear it just... <laughs> yeah. Tearing up the floor is a real nightmare. Uh, and which time period would you definitely not want to live in? I'd say anything before like 1950. I agree. I agree. Anything like middle ages esque or, uh, dreadful. Yeah. I just, any, anything where I'm just dirty and cold a lot seems like, <laughs> yeah, where there's a high chance that I'm going to be a peasant yes. and <laughs> just be mucking. I don't know. Shit all day. And like, if you get a toothache, cause you don't, nobody's telling you you're supposed to brush your teeth. You just, your teeth hurt all day long. You know what I mean? That's just it. There's nowhere to go. Oh, I assume you just die. Right. You hope, right? You're like, just kill me now. I'm sure. <laughs> it's a common cause of death. Absolutely. Toothache, ear infection, stub toe. Oh my God. And then you're just like, and, and that's your existence. Like from then on, you know, you don't have floss. Like nobody's flossing. You know? Oh God, that would be dreadful. And you eat a lot of meat too. So that shit's going to be stuck in your teeth for a long time. That is true. That is true. You hope you eat a lot of meat because if you're a peasant like me, you're probably eating a lot of fucking like wheat potatoes, and, wheat and potatoes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would I'm not saying, be good for my fitness regime. Animals, that's a lot of carbs. <laughs> Think about the amount of carbs you'd have. Oh, awful. I, I'm sorry. I did have one more question that I know is um, near and dear to your heart. Yes. Which Hogwarts house would you be in? The, uh, the big one. <laughs> is there a slightly more modern one (laughs) aaron's one of the three people on the world on the earth that does not enjoy harry potter so if you're wondering where that's he's one of them i found one don't come at me (laughs) don't hate it i just don't care because i'm a grown adult spoken like a real hufflepuff (laughs) real hufflepuff over here how about that my pet peeve is people who get way too into harry potter (laughs) (laughs) there you go People who want to talk incessantly about Quidditch. Yeah. <laughs> real, real Venn diagram of misery there. Yeah, for sure. Our guest this week comes from Pennsylvania. He's the singer and guitarist of pop-punk band Ford the River. Though getting a start slightly later in life, the band has released 12 singles, their first album, Adult Thoughts, dropped in 2021, and the EP, Worst Case Ontario, came out in 2023. They're back at it again in the studio and ready to put out some more music. Let's welcome Kevin Warner, a.k.a. Suave. Hey guys, how's it going? About time you decided to show up. Yes. I'm, Ken. I'm Ken, by the way. We have not met. Hey, Ken. So. Nice, nice to meet, to you. meet you. Nice oh, to meet I thought you, too. you guys had cross pads at one point. No. Or a few points. No? I think so. Maybe. I don't know. You weren't dressed like a burglar at the time if you uh, were. So. <laughs> you guys caught me in the middle of my night job. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Here's what's on here. I go hit up a couple houses and then, you know. <laughs> Pop in. That's the life of a struggling position, you know? I do. Yeah, I got it. Right. <laughs> That's, That's right. Cool. It's nice to meet you. Yes, you as well. You as well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. This is fun. I have a stupid question to start that's going to be followed by many more. Stupid questions, that is. Yes. Are there, I thought there are no stupid questions. Oh, there's stupid questions. Yeah. And stupid people. <laughs> Just you wait. <laughs> right. <laughs> Prove that wrong. Hey, what do you go by more? As far as like my name? Yeah. <laughs> You're asking? You can call me Kevin on, on for these purposes, I think. Okay. I got to explain then. We can have a discussion around the, the nickname <laughs> if you want. <laughs> so for I'm anyone who does end up listening to this, our mutual friend, 
has a pretty wide circle of friends that he's known for a long time and still calls all of them by their college frat names. Yes. And so anyone I've ever met through him, I don't think I know their real names. So whenever he says <laughs> yeah. their real names, I'm like, who the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> right. So we were talking about Suave, you coming on for a while. And I was like, Kevin. Who the hell's Kevin? Like, what's the- <laughs> does, does he know Suave? Does he know Suave? Oh, is that his friend? Well, and it's funny, too, because he knew me as Kevin before he knew me as Suave. But then he he adopted it once we all got into uh, the, the college age. But, nice. uh, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a good story. And it's actually, you know, of the nicknames I could have received, it's probably one of the best things that okay. you, know, you could have gotten. Right. Because uh, yeah. there were some other ones like, you know, Bildo and stuff like that. <laughs> that could have been your nickname. You walking walk around campus and people are yelling that, hey, Dildo, you know, yelling right. across campus. So I, I lucked out. But well, when you have a buddy named Tits, you know, that that's yes. that's, a, that's tricky to explain to people as well. <laughs> exactly. Perfect, uh, perfect example there. But uh, they had like, a, it all came from uh, rugby. So I played rugby in college and actually... Our, our mutual friend who also played rugby, he, he does a good job of crediting me. He came up and visited me at my college, saw me play rugby, and was like, oh, I should do that. And then he went back to his college and, and started playing and you know, met know. a bunch of those guys that way. Oh, so he's the poser. Yeah, that's right. He's following me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm glad we uh, have that on record. Yeah, I got, uh, they had like a recruitment party when like you're a freshman, just like frats do, right? And I got really, was really drunk and I kept like saying to all the guys, man, you guys are some suave motherfuckers. <laughs> like for some reason that phrase stuck in my head. And so I was like all drunk and saying it to all the, the only thing guys. You come back to. I don't think anyone has ever said that to rugby players before. And so it was like the next day we were at practice and I'm like, who was the kid who kept calling everybody suave? That's a name. And there Done. we go. So, uh, yeah, uh, again, I lucked out that name, I think. That is good. That, let that be a lesson for all of you. Just if you're going to annoy some, you know, if you're going to come in and be drunk and annoying, pick something like that. Be like, stud bull. Who's the guy who's like walking around calling everybody stud bull? Yes. <laughs> that's right. right. Just pick something that's kind of a compliment and you'll, you'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I mean, this all really stems from rugby. It was like <laughs> one of his friends is Hooker John. And <laughs> I did. <laughs> I didn't know he was a rugby player for a long time. And then, you know, that all clicked. Well, well yeah. Hooker is a position in rugby. <laughs> well, now I know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, double entendre or something, I guess. <laughs> sure. I'm not going to give them that much credit. Yeah. No. Yeah. So uh, how are things there? Put good. The no, things are good. I, I was going to say for my musical purposes, I've never gone by Suave or any other publicly facing thing, but it's just what a lot of, a lot of people who know me from a certain phase of my life will call me. Yeah. That's great. So I generally introduce myself as Ken, but there's lots of people that call me Kenny because that's who I grew up with. And you know, the people that I know. Yeah. And then randomly, like we, I worked with a guy who was like 70 for whatever reason. You always call me Kenny. Yeah. I've heard Kenji, but I've never heard Kenny. Yeah. No, that's, that's a, it's reserved actually reserved for only the special special ones sure <laughs> well it's interesting it's always if you never i always think it's one of those things like if i don't recognize someone they start talking to me like they know me you know knowing which name they call me is a great clue it's like mm. well, what phase of my life was it in <laughs> all right they're calling me suave this is a college person all right let me narrow it down you know yeah right <laughs> have you run into just out playing out and just run into like random people that you're like holy fuck who is this person i do they know me and i'm just not really i mean i think i i, I you know Again, my 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 band is at a very, very low level, but there's definitely like people I would say who are kind of within the scene of central Pennsylvania where the play the shows we play all are and show up at, you know, more shows than not. And I guess I'm starting to get to a point where it's like I've seen you or you introduced yourself, you know, a show six months ago and I don't remember your name now. I'm sorry because I'm terrible right. at that. You just leave it uh, at that, right? Yeah, it happens. Because you're big time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Too big for this. <laughs> um, the I just always think like you know if you're playing some random bar, I could just see, especially if you're in town, like where you grew up or whatever. You know, just somebody random from like high school comes up, and you're like, oh Jesus, I don't, I can't, you know. Yeah, I mean that'd be hilarious. Once we play, I would think that would be more likely to happen if we ever play like down in Baltimore or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, because I grew up out, I grew up down that way. Even though I'm in Pennsylvania now, and and you gotcha. know we're not, we're also not the band that play. We're not like the bar band. You know what I mean? Not the band right. that a bar hires to play for three hours to just entertain right. the random people who are there. They're sure, you know, kind of pretty pretty specific, like people who are into you know DIY music uh, scene type shows. 
Although we did play a pretty, I think probably one of the biggest shows we played, we we opened up on St. Patrick's Day this past year for, there's this like one of those Celtic punk kind of bands called the Kilmaine Saints. Uh, and I don't know how they found us randomly and they actually have like a really huge following and they found us randomly and were like, hey, do you want to play with us on St. Patrick's Day, which is like their big day of the year. Right, you know? right. That's crazy. <laughs> So Ken and I were having a we were having a discussion before you came on about the band name. Did those guys yeah. confuse your band name and think you were Fjord the River? <laughs> were, were you Fjord, Fjord the River. Are you guys that Icelandic band? Yeah, <laughs> you Something guys are like, like fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. how did they reach out to you? Just out of curiosity, like how did you know if they reach out? You're like who? Did you know who they were ahead of time? I had heard of them before because I this is where I was going with this. Like I knew friends who kind of like see them when they're around or, you know, or like, oh, we're willing to them because around St. Patrick's Day and stuff when they do those, you know, heavily kind of Irish Celtic <laughs> shit. So uh, they, I don't know, they messaged us on Instagram. We set it up. And then like I randomly was talking to those friends like, oh, we were going to that show anyway. We were going to go see them. They're like, well, <laughs> hey, now you get to see my band. <laughs> Very cool. Nice. That's the closest I've gotten into like the. Where was the show? Place called the Englewood, which is in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I think right. it's relatively uh, newer. So what's the suave origin story? You said you came. Hold on. I'm sorry. Real quick. I just want to get the, what's the name of the band again? God damn it, Ken. The Kilmaine Saints. Is that like some sort of crazy Irish spelling where it's G's and It's kind of like you would think it. K-I-L Maine, like the state. Okay, good. There we go. All right. (laughs) As you were. You said the suave origin story, Aaron? Yeah, I thought you were from Pennsylvania. No, no, I'm not from Pennsylvania. The suave origin story was when I got drunk and just said the word suave a bunch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Kevin origin story. You yeah. mean the, the, oh, you mean me my whole life. Oh, the alter ego. <laughs> I, I thought you were asking about the nickname again. I got it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm from Maryland originally. Uh, our, our mutual friend uh, and I grew up on the same street, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, grew up in Eldersburg, which is like, I guess, considered in what, exurb, probably not maybe a suburb now at this point of, uh, of Baltimore to the west there. I was there from three to, you know, all the way through high school and everything. And then uh, I've, I've been in Pennsylvania since uh, since college. To the mean streets of Eldersburg. The super yeah. mean streets. Really, yeah. really hard. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that mean McDonald's you drive by, you know. Oh, all, man. All those, all those brutal strip malls and suburban <laughs> development. <laughs> tough. Yeah. Tough. <laughs> but, you know, I was trying to think coming on here about and I was like, you know, I, I, you know, I haven't lived there in forever. My parents moved away as well. I can't remember the last time I've been uh, like through Eldersburg. I probably wouldn't even recognize it at this point. It's probably been a decade. <laughs> I wish I had more to say about Eldersburg, but I, just, <laughs> I don't even have enough to make jokes about it. It's uh, probably more it's, suburban now. It's, it's not even an official town, isn't it? It's an unincorporated area. So that's the uh, I think so. I think there's a few of those. Did you say it's an yeah. exurb? What did you say? It's an exurb, like a exo exurb. What is that? Exurb. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm an idiot. I don't know what that is. What's the difference between that and a suburb? I think population density probably. I don't know. There's probably someone who studies that who can tell you more than I yeah, can. Yeah, so gotcha. Urban suburb exurb exurb. <laughs> If you if you drove any further west, it was mostly farms. That's right. that's kind of the differentiator. Yeah, you missed uh, right before you got on. We were talking about the rivers of Pennsylvania, how to pronounce the rivers. So it was really so, scintillating content here of yeah. <laughs> urban planning. And- you guys want to like you want to like quiz me and see if I can pronounce them? Or? <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> not even a little bit. We decided it was not an area we wanted to go into, so that's where I took us back. Anyway. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, indeed. That's what I'm here for. So were you playing in bands when you were in Eldersburg? Uh, not really. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really uh, I say I was a late a late bloomer to to kind of really going after and pursuing music and, and you know, writing my own music in particular. So I don't know. I did like some of the typical band stuff in high in, in like elementary school. And I think I did like saxophone or something like that for a couple of years. Yeah, I did the. Uh, <laughs> I did the bell choir a, a little Ooh. bit in elementary school as well. Nice. Where you played, uh, I was at the end and hell, it played like the big bass bell and it was basically just like sitting around forever and then it's every once in a while. Did you have a note where you're like, you're the F sharp bell. You'll know when it's ready. 
Yeah, it, it was not. I mean, time. I really don't even remember how. Uh, I'm sure we had sheet music in front of us, but I don't. I can't really remember now. <laughs> Ken and I talked about this a little while ago. Uh, I played a snare drum singular <laughs> in elementary <Nice>. school. <laughs> yeah, We're part of that band. You're like the rock yeah. star, though. Snare drummer is like the rock star of the, you know, I have a middle schooler uh, and a high schooler. And like the snare drummer is the person who like, you know, keeps it all together for the, uh, for the high it. school band. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember when everyone had those little like octagonal practice pads where it didn't yeah. actually, it was an actual drum. Oh, yeah. Like, I had one of those. It's like a little rubber thing. It just yeah. bounce sticks off of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I played saxophone from fourth grade to ninth grade. And then. Oh. Um, I did a stint uh, with the marching band for a year uh, as a, because I was like, I'm switching to percussion because percussion works cool, you know, play drums. Sure. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to try playing snare drum. And basically got slowly demoted down to bass drum. <laughs> like, yeah. Because I'm like, well, if I can play saxophone, I'm like, I got to do rhythm and I got to do notes. I got all this. And then I got into that. I was like horribly over my head. And so, yeah, just <laughs> kept slipping down the path. And next thing you know, they're like, how about you just work on like one thing? It's basically the bell of the, of the marching band. Were you carrying around the bass drum? Oh, indeed. Oh, man. Wow, those can be cool. Workout, though, right? It was. It was. It's one of those things I feel like I made fun of at the time, but now I'm like, man, I kind of wish I did that. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. A lot, of, a lot of crossover to the rugby skills, I'm sure, um, <laughs> <laughs> carrying that through town. The important part. Ken, did you also step when you did oh, that? Indeed. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Got to keep time. You got you to march, right? That's what you Not do. Not march. Like, what are you talking you about? Like, are you talking about like step, step, like dance yeah. and, and do that? No, no. We were a <laughs> suburban, Too for that. suburban Caucasian marching band for the most part. And so, yes. Much so less was, cool. And it, but I will yeah. say, you know, the, you got expo- I got exposed to going to you know, state competition and you get to see how the other people do it. And you're like, oh my God, wow. That is something different and then it's yeah. awesome so when you see people like the really good drum lines you're like holy crap yeah they're awesome that's yeah, impressive it's, it's, it's amazing yeah <laughs> drummers blow me away i don't understand drumming you know it's too it's doing too much with too many different parts of your body <laughs> yep. that's my thing aaron's a uh, pseudo drummer right you have a electric set um i tell you that i am <laughs> I've never actually heard you play anything. So yes, I think if you have drums, you are a drummer. Oh, that's all it takes. Well then, yeah, I'm a drummer. No, it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> I'm okay. I can keep a beat. If you get complex at all, then I lose it. Yeah, yeah. What's your primary instrument, Aaron? Are you, guitar. Are you a guitar player? Yeah. If I was in the other room right now, you'd see five guitars hanging on the wall. Nice, nice, yeah. very cool. Are you like a big gear guy? Like pedal. I was at stuff. one point. I had this big stack and a uh, bunch of pedals, you know, a whole board. And I remember like a, a party at my house one time. Some of my pedals got stolen. And then mm. it was just frustrating, you know, because they're expensive and I didn't want to replace them. And then like over time, once I started moving around and went to college down in North Carolina and then came back up here, it wasn't practical to have all that stuff. So I just started paring yeah. down more and more. And now I just have a couple of small things, like whatever I need to record and play. That's it. How about you? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, not my forte at all. I'm like the opposite of of like a gear guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like ask my bandmates what I should play and stuff like that. Uh, I was just about to say, do you, know, much- do you know gear guys? Because that's the important part, right? You're like, <laughs> yes. I need gear guys around me. Yeah. I have a friend from college who uh, all he has like an Instagram account dedicated to like boutique pedals he buys and <laughs> <laughs> you know, reviews and displays and like he's got more. I don't know. He's got like two cars worth of gear, like in his basement. If you added up the value of all the different oh guitars and he uses them for like two notes in a song. Yeah. I mean, he's a decent guitar player, but he'll like film a video of him, like covering the chili peppers and send it to me and be like, I got to sound just like that tone. And I'm like, that's cool. I don't, you know, I'm not that guy you know, who's like, I gotta make, how can I yeah. make this weird? You know, the, the tone in this song and all that stuff that doesn't, right. yeah, my, not my thing. <laughs> Aaron and I've talked about uh, like dire straits. Like the guitar mm-hmm. tone that Mark Knopfler has. Yeah. Just can't do it. Like, a, and I don't know. I don't know. Nope. Maybe there's a pedal out there, but I don't know. It. Yeah, but there's guys who will like go after that and spend forever trying to find the right Just combination of stuff to like mirror that tone. You know, it's crazy. So no, I mean, I started with, uh, when I was six, uh, when I was 16, I got a Squire Strat pack. I think they called it. And it was like 150 bucks. And it was like the guitar and this terrible little, <laughs> you know, combo and like a little tuner. And I remember it had a, uh, it had a, 
DVD that came with it that was like, you know, my first chords, you know, Fender, some Fender sponsored, you know, instructional video. Because this is in the, you know, I guess this is before YouTube was a thing now that I think about it. That's right. probably why I went with that stuff. <laughs> but if it's, if it's on DVD, you're already, you're already uh, after me. For me, it would have right. been like, you were to come on a series of six VHS tapes. <laughs> yeah, big brick. Yeah, VHS tapes. Yeah. All right, so what was the first song you learned to play? Not like Itsy Bitsy Spider or some shit like that, but like the first song you wanted to learn to play. So I... I I think I had for at one point probably figured out uh, when I come around by Green Day is okay. an early song. That's a good one. Mm. Uh, I then though did take lessons for about like a year and a half or so uh, with a guy who was great, like personal one-on-one lessons where I'll go to his house. And I remember, and it's it's crazy. I actually still have the notes and the the, the tab and stuff that he wrote out. He was like, pick a song, and we'll like start you know figuring it out and mapping it out, and I'll show you how to play it and stuff, and we'll build on you know theory and learning it all from there. And it was uh, Santeria by Sublime. Oh, cool. Oh, I have it like, okay. mapped out, and the notes are like you know July. 2001 or whatever it has a date in the corner that's cool <laughs> i played some bar shows in college and that was one of the songs we would throw in there yeah that's a uh a, a, a staple of that kind of show yeah yeah For me it was a metallica one so i'm i'm a very mediocre musician in lots of different ways i played and i played drums in my first band a 50 dollars drum kit um and then played bass and then i got my first guitar at 16 it was acoustic guitar nice um much to my chagrin all i wanted was sega genesis all i wanted was sega genesis <laughs> and i did not get sega genesis Genesis, I got an acoustic guitar. But for me, it was um, uh, Metallica 1. So like the tablature, the first the opening of Metallica yeah. 1, you're like, nah, 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 nah. like that. It was like, and I did that once and was like, oh my God. It actually sounds like a thing. Yeah. I, I remember looking up that one early on too, actually. And like, that was one of the first like lead parts I tried to look into and be like, oh my God. But like, yeah. As soon as you first did that. Doo, 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 yeah. yeah, so- yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Totally. And then it gets into the weird shit and you're like, there's like 17 guitar tracks on every track of that. Right. Scene. Well, that's when I gave up and said, I'm going to stick to punk rock because I need like, you know, three, three <laughs> to five chords and I'm going to make this happen, you know? <laughs> right. That's awesome. I feel like that's got to be why at least half the punk bands are what they are. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's you know, I, I don't know. I hate to turn this because it's what a, what a term that's been you know used in so many different ways in so many different scenes across you know forty years at this point. No, fifty years. Excuse me, if you think about it, really. Yeah. So uh, it, you know, uh, I think that is part of the point, though. It's always been about like you don't need to be you know some crazy rock star. The initial part of it was a backlash against all the crazy progressive rock wankery of like you know the seventies, right. right? So. No, we don't need that. We need, you know, energy uh, to, to make it happen. So I think that's something that always like drew me in that direction. Plus, I was thinking about it. And it's like you look at that early, you know, we gave away my age a little bit there about 2001. But I'm you know a teenager in the early 2000s. And that was really like the last dying grasp of major labels being a big thing where they have an influence. And then also sure. the last few times where they kind of made a grasp at like commercializing punk in some way. Right. And you had like the, the emo thing, which is like a crossover. But you had those, you know, fallout boys and those bands getting to like, right. you know, a very high Top level. Charts. Culture. Yeah, right. Which, you know, it's the everything's completely changed since then. But it's like the last dying grasp of like that kind of old, you know, model where a record company signs you and they're going to put a huge machine behind you that's going to get you on TRL and, you know, music videos right. and all that kind of stuff. It just doesn't exist like that anymore, you know? Yeah, no, no, I'm always all. shocked to see there's still music videos. Oh my god, totally. Who's who's shooting music videos? Like everyone. I, I know, I know, they're out there. <laughs> well, they're, it's all for online now, right? I mean, we did, right. we did a video that you know it's purely just putting it putting it online, and now the big thing too are those uh, those lyric videos, which yeah. is literally like you just right. do some stuff in the background and have the lyrics, you know, go just along let them and run. do it. So lazy yeah. man's music video. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we haven't done one of those. <laughs> we did an old school one. I think it's intellectual and you're putting out the words so they can sing along. It's like, you know, enjoy. I think you should do one with completely different words. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Just have them completely wrong. Or backwards. <laughs> backwards. The whole thing. And somewhere in the middle, they match, you know, for like a second. He's like, I think, it, no, this is not it. You know, this is. <laughs> and, uh, this is a great conversation because it definitely mirrors sometimes like as a band we'll have conversations about ideas like this and eventually it'll spitball about like, we should do this and do that and we get to a point where we go wait a second guys this is this is way too complicated we're not going to do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah remember we're a punk band we, we just want to play yeah. three chords <laughs> yeah yeah you know we're, we're uh, it down. we have 
certain amount of effort we all can dedicate to, to this as a band. So, you know, we got to draw the line. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so how did your band come together now? So I understand, I think like you're the impetus, right? So you brought them all together. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Right. I mean, just to kind of go back maybe to my musical journey a little bit to get mm -hmm. me there. I, I, you know, play a little bit in high school. Like I was saying, when I got my first guitar, I never really even, I think I found one person who was a bass player and we tried to play together a couple times. So that's like as far as I ever got in high school. And in college, I like had an acoustic I brought with me, but also I absolutely hated acoustic guitar guy at college parties and was not going to be that guy. <laughs> right. Was that guy. Right. So I never, I barely, I, you know, would play it if no one was around like a little bit and i just i wasn't really super into it uh and then even like a couple years right after after college but then i i got real deep this guy named frank turner who's a, a british singer songwriter who i'm absolutely obsessed with and like actually credit him for kind of getting me back into music in a lot of ways when i started listening to him in, in like 2007 2008 that that time frame and so he was really a big inspiration for me to just be like i'm gonna start playing guitar again and then i was like i'm gonna start trying to write some songs and go to this open mic that's down the street from me and that's cool. you know, why not do it right nice. so i did that i doing open mics and then i actually ended up meeting with um uh, <laughs> my wife is uh clearing her throat over here because i almost forgot to mention that yeah. as i started doing this she actually <laughs> got me vocal lessons ah. for christmas which was a huge game changer as too very cool it was either really kind of her or a big hint <laughs> she's like here's an idea <laughs> this is being recorded for posterity so it must go on the official record <laughs> right right God, that cool. was like that was like one and done is that just two kids at it Instant family. That's right. That's what I'm I saying. You got one of each. You're like, all right, good. We'll check out that one. With that one. Okay. That looks good. Okay. We're done. Good. Yeah. Ken and I are That's both right. in that same camp. Yep. One of each. He's got twins though. Twins. So they did oh. one shot. Done. That's right. Two That's kids. right. One of each. Gun. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Do they uh, listen to good music or is it like they're in their own kind of space? Hmm. I'll preface that by saying uh, my son has recently discovered <laughs> Billy Joel and like I like Billy okay. Joel and that's cool. Fantastic. Could be, it would be a hell of a lot worse. But uh, he shares my Spotify account. And so uh, he <laughs> and me by proxy and when it came to my rap, we are the number like one percent top one percent of all billy joe listeners in the world wow <laughs> because, well it's because he puts it on and then goes to school and leaves and so like it just plays all day long <laughs> but, but he honestly does love it and all that stuff so, but but i will say but the idea of how your kids spike for me at least the kids spike the uh the spotify is is funny yeah i have them set up with like kids like they're their own separate profiles i should do that that's probably something i should do you know yeah same. My kids have ruined mine. It's all like, I don't know, kid songs and Broadway tunes. And oh, I have to get not to turn this into a parenting podcast, but if you set yeah, up right. the kids' accounts, you can control like, you know, mature content if you care. Right. Uh, we're at the point where I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I try to expose them to it. Turn it up louder. <laughs> I'm like, this is what Ice T meant when he said cop killer. This is my kid. <laughs> well, I'm at the point where my kids like give me crap about like bad words when they hear me <laughs> saying those. Actually, my, my, my kids came to one of our, my band shows recently, and I believe my son's review was four out of five stars. Uh, the, the minus one stars for the bad words. <laughs> Could have done without the cussing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, look, this is my son, not my grandmother of you on the show. <laughs> How old are they? Nine. Do they okay. not understand the punk ethos? Don't be the yeah. man at nine. You can't be the man uh, at nine. I know. Yeah, I'm trying to... <laughs> Well, it's like too. I'm trying not to force it because it's like if, if it's like the thing that dad's super into, they don't, oh. you know. Whatever. So my my daughter actually recently started taking guitar lessons, and she like asked for it, and mm -hmm. I, wanted, I was like trying not to be like, yeah, yeah like, be cool, be okay, cool. cool, yeah, let's get your guitar, be cool, be cool, yeah. don't have to excited. <laughs> Otherwise, she won't be into it. Right. When it's uh, it is pretty wild though. She goes to these guitar lessons and comes back, and she's like learning uh, "Zombie" by the Cranberries, you know, which is which is pretty nice. cool. right on. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. So I don't know. I try not to force my music on them or like anything I like, but definitely expose them to a lot of stuff. And uh, they like all sorts of different stuff. I don't know. I absolutely force my music on them. Uh, I don't let them play with my phone in the car. It is my music only. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes there's some crossover things they like. I always put on like hits one, you know, the XM version of just the radio, but I feel like it's good. It keeps me young because I'm like trying to be somewhat listening, but even that's the sort of, you know, because if you're not like now music isn't really even on that, you know, like you were talking about right. earlier about, you know, the record machine, like now it's yeah. like, it's you're not really on that. It's like, it's, it's famous on TikTok or, you know, Instagram or whatever. That's where you get your music out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's true. That's like the, uh, you know, get your, you see a bunch of articles about like bands having old songs all of a sudden getting used like as a TikTok song and going viral and they're like what the what the heck like what where all did that come yeah. from 15 years ago had a like you know throughout 3000 percent increase in streaming on Spotify and it's because of that it's crazy the right right person right time yeah we, I was answering a question I think initially before we had the break and had our parent talk yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where the band came from yes that's where I think right yes Yes. Yeah. So, uh, how? So you were sitting there. You picked up a guitar. You said, hmm. "Yeah." So I started trying Frank to Turner. Stuff. Yeah. Right. Did some open mics, and then I started playing with. Uh, I played with a cover band briefly, uh, to kind of, which was cool because my first chops of like playing with other people in a band, and then we actually played, you know, some shows at some bars and stuff. The very, very low level. Uh, but then I ended up moving. I was living in the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania area at that time. Uh, but then I moved out to, to the Lancaster area, which is only, you know, 30 minutes away from there. But I moved out to, to Lancaster in, I guess it was like 2018 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Lancaster is really known for having a pretty big art scene is, is one of the things it's known for. And there's a lot of like art galleries and stuff. But there's also a pretty, you know, a pretty cool music scene in, in, in the town. So I was kind of at the point where I was like, you know what, I, I really want to start like an original band, not, you know, a cover band, like playing, you know, the style of music that I want to play, you know, and, and but I want to, you know, be serious about it and write originals, but also like. I'm not trying to make it like I have a job and a real job right. and a family and I'm not touring the country in a van and sleeping on people's floors <laughs> in my mid thirties, you know? Right. Sure. So, you know, I was like, I don't know. Uh, people do this on Craigslist. So I'll put up a Craigslist post for musicians and try to roughly lay it out. I think I said something about wanting to start a dad punk band. Uh, <laughs> I am in my mid thirties. I'm looking to like make this full time, but you know, when I want people probably who are in a similar position to me, you know, in life, right? Because you go on those things, and it's all like people in their early twenties and teens who want to like, you know, right. go for it, right? And see, right. you know, get in a small van and play house shows across the country and that kind of stuff, and serial so, killers. <laughs> right and that you know yeah it's cool too <laughs> they have a niche and they play they're sometimes they're really good musicians though too so don't let's try not to that's right it. all right well, well I, I say it's like many good love stories guys my band's been on craigslist <laughs> <laughs> exactly so i put this ad up and uh found uh my guitar player matt uh pretty quickly which again was was amazing and he's been you know probably a huge credit to him on like knowing how to be in a band and how to actually do it. I right. had to drop mm-hmm. it and like songs I wanted to write and play. But Matt had been in, in a bunch of other bands. He's in a band called Rose Matter that was like, you know, signed and relatively, you know, big um, somewhat in that scene in the early 2000s. And, you know, he kind of knew how to do it all, knew a ton about recording and all that stuff. Yeah, he's got the technical chops. I mean, that's totally different when you, uh, y- you know, even if you are precise and can play really well and along with CDs and stuff, you get next to someone else and it's, it's a different world. Yeah. Well, and he's also one of the people, one of these people who has a motor, right? And you need someone, I think, in every in every kind of group endeavor, someone who's going to kind of lead the charge, right? To yeah, like, hey, definitely. Let's keep moving. Let's keep doing the next right. thing, right? Which is not what musicians are known for. Well, it's, exactly. a weird, it's a weird sweet spot, though, that you're in because you need somebody that is that, but it's also not going too far. You know, it's like, yes, yeah. I want to be into it and be serious and be doing things. But it's also like, I also have, you know, five-year-olds at home. And that's, ex- that's exactly it. It was like, all right, so we need to find someone in, you know, South Central Pennsylvania who who likes the same kind of, you know, specific <laughs> subgenre of music at us, who's probably around the same age and has like a real job and a family, but is committed enough to actually, you know, do practice once a week and work on writing songs and playing shows. You know, it's like the, the winnowing down of that population. But, but somehow, I, you know, I met Matt. And that one found, person. Yeah. And then I'm not, not, I mean, honestly, we, we met and I think we auditioned a couple drummers and then kind of like fizzled for six months. And I kind of came back and was like, Hey, let's try again. I think I reposted the ad and we found Chad, our bass player and uh, our, our original drummer, um, like relatively quickly. And it was kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. 
So it was like, I don't know, summer of 2019, I think, uh, when we got together, um, like J- July or August or something like that. So, you know, we kind of had a loose commitment of, look, we're going to we're going to practice once a week. Uh, let's, let's all make the commitment to, you know, putting in two, two hours a week. We we all have stuff going on. But like, if you can't dedicate that, then, you know, what are we not really going to be able to do this at all? Right. And then right. Yeah. let's kind of work write songs and we'll see what happens was, was kind of the attitude we took with it. So <laughs> crazy that I found people like who fit, you know, we all kind of have different areas of, I would say the broad term of punk rock that we're kind of into and came from, but we all have a similar, you know, I think taste in that culture so that we all bring that to the table and kind of, uh, you know, come up with something that, uh, that works. Yeah. It works well. That's fantastic. That's so hard to find. I've come up with a theory. I, I went through the same thing. I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, I was looking for people to play with too. At our age, I'd say there's two kinds of, well, <laughs> drummers specifically, but this kind of extends to the other. drummers. Are the worst. <laughs> drummers are one of two people. It is a dad who has a drum set in the basement that you will never know about until one day you're there and you're like, oh, what's that? And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I play sometimes by myself. Or yeah. it's the guy who is just desperately hoping to still make it and is just a real dirtbag. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> there's like nothing in between. Well, that that's funny because that was our experience because we've actually at this point in the band, we our original drummer was great and, and, and lasted for a little bit. But then so we had our first show lined up in March of 2020. So mm-hmm. then, you know, that didn't happen. How come? <laughs> <laughs> right. Did something happen? Right. Yeah, weird. Right. So then we like, all right, we'll just go back to we you know didn't practice for a while. But then eventually we started practicing again and then we you know started playing some shows in 2021. And I think our original drummer was just getting real into traveling for his job and couldn't commit. So we lost our original drummer and we've had like, we keep trying out and having for brief periods of time, other people in the band, but then we keep always then going back to my guitar player, Matt, his twin brother is our drummer. Oh, cool. He's like, oh, that's right. I did know that. Yeah. The big joke is that he keeps saying, I'm just your fill in drummer, but he's been our drummer for, you know, 95% of the band's existence. Right. <laughs> nice. Right. So, you know, it's a running joke that he's not really a drummer because he's actually a guitar player, but it's hard. I mean, what you described is right. It's like, it's either. You know, someone who's if someone's got chops too and is committed, they're already in like three other bands, right? If right. they're a drummer, that's yeah. they're in such demand, right? right? Or they're you know someone who really wants to make it, or like you said, someone who doesn't you know picks up every once in a while. And unfortunately, the the only person who needs to be a pretty good musician in punk rock is the drummer, unfortunately. So <laughs> that's for sure. They need to have some speed to to play what we want to play. So it's it's always right. it's been the hardest to uh, to keep and keep it together. Yes, yeah, keep things together musically so to speak well play to a click all i say that's a we play to a click. and personally in theory yeah yeah no your drummer sounds really good i mean yeah. i was surprised he's at great how quick he is he's he's amazing i mean he's one of these guys too who's just a great great musician all around and he's he's a awesome guitar player and that's that's what he would tell you like i'm a guitar player first oh but i also am like pretty amazing at drums you know kind of but he'll yeah. act like he'll act like he's terrible at drums and then like <laughs> we'll audition other people show him footage of them playing and he goes no i won't let you play with them i'll still i'm better than them i'm not yeah no no so you know <laughs> I, uh do you throw him a bone like are you like hey why don't you come out and play some guitar for like a tune or something like that you know that was a big uh like foo fighters thing oh right yeah switch it up Nah, nah. Nah, don't give me that much. Sorry, buddy. Stay, stay by the chain to drum set. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we've actually gotten him a, uh, he's got a pad that's got uh, sound clips uh, loaded onto it. Oh, cool. And we hit that plays different sound clips. So that's been fun. He likes to like do it when I'm in the middle of talking or something like, you know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> DJ <Nice>. horns. <laughs> Very cool. So how does the writing process work for you guys? So do you just sit around and kind of noodle at it? Or, I mean, a lot of your songs are love the lyrics and stuff like that. So I feel like as a lyricist, I feel like you're just kind of wandering. I, I just picture it going through life and something hits you and you're like, oh, my God, that's a funny line. Or that's a good, you know, concept. I will. Yeah. Who's carrying that. the weight here? Who's showing up with the real work? Yeah. I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head, Ken. That, uh, so I would say I've I've written probably the lyrics are probably like 90 percent 
mine. Uh, our, our bass player Chad has done a couple couple of the songs in there were ones that he wrote and brought to the table. But usually it's either he or myself, you know, kind of bringing somewhat of a complete song to to the table. Um, and that I mean like a basic chord structure and the melody and and the you know initial words, right? Uh, so it usually kind of starts with there, and that's you know uh, as far as like the lyrics, <laughs> that's exactly you know my kind of style. What you said there, can I have the notes app on my iPhone that is just random either you know turn a phrase or thinking about something that I come across and I'll kind of quickly write a bunch of stuff in there into the notes app and then you know I go back to that later and go how can I how can I kind of unpack this and turn this turn this into a song you know lyrically yeah that's slice of life I suppose would be the the <laughs> that's the way to do it though I'm, most people don't just sit down and write a song even like the best songwriters just have pieces of songs all over the place you know yeah, I will say, though, and I've heard other people say this, you know, when they're interviewed about songwriting, I think some of our best songs are the ones that I do. I don't write. The, I wouldn't say I'd write like all the lyrics in one setting or anything like that. But when you kind of come down and get that basic like hook and chorus and, and melody worked out and the basic chord pattern, the best ones I have are ones where I've kind of like started with it and just like, you know, 30 minutes, I've kind of got the whole thing like, nope, that's exactly it. Right. And those are always the better ones and the ones that I feel like I unpack and change around and move stuff around you know too much we uh our songs aren't complicated and we, we try not to be too precious <laughs> right we try to be too precious with anything is what i always say right. so we move fast like i'll bring a song in and you know matt and and alex are phenomenal at like doing those little things to add differentiation and and, sure. and make it unique so it's not just you know first chorus verse chorus bridge chorus uh all the time right um so they'll, they'll throw stuff in there. Then usually within a couple, you know, three, four practice sessions, we'll kind of be like, all right, that's it. This is the song. We got it done. That's cool. You lyrics first or melody first, Raider? Um, probably lyrics. I get asked this question. I mean, I think it always starts with a lyrical idea. Sometimes when I write that lyric down, though, I've got a melody in my head uh, that I'll maybe do like a voice note on to, to remember and, and kind of unpack it from there. I guess it's very rare that I'd say I write I write a lyric down where I don't have some idea of the melody and the delivery on it, where it's just like a raw, like raw random words that I then have to take and go, well, how can I turn this into a, a melody? So that was a non-answer, kind of both, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess yeah, you can't be there a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's good. I mean, you've got like the classic pop punk jokes, turn of phrases. You can tell you guys don't take yourselves too seriously, at least, you know, on the surface. I'm looking right now at your EP. Your newest EP, The Worst Case Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. The one that really stood out to me, though, Dan Flashes. Yeah. <laughs> the really complicated pattern on the cover. Complicated <laughs> patterns. I love it. <laughs> I, it could be one of my favorite sketches of all time. It, it's fantastic. And the great thing is it really has, I mean, you know, it's totally not nothing to do with the song. Like, I, I don't know. That's yeah, just sure, uh, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, worst case, Ontario is it. And I don't it's not for me. I think this is Matt's idea. It's a Trailer Park Boys reference. Actually, okay. I think. Yeah. yeah, I should have known that. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a whole clip where he's like, uh, yeah, you know, worst case, Ontario. Please do this. <laughs> like, you know. uh, oh, I feel stupid for not knowing that. That might be a rewatch soon. I, I love that. Right. I was yeah. saying it's, it's funny that the balance between the, you know, damn the man, fuck the system, sort of, along with, I'm kind of the man, and I'm kind of in the system, <laughs> like, play, right. playing those two things together, it's fun. Yeah, you know, I, I remember when we were, you know, first starting, I said to the guys, I was like, all right, guys, you know, like, we're going to play this style of music and, and combine our kind of influences from this time period and stuff, and, and you know, like that early 2000s, and skate punk and pop punk, whatever. But there's not going to be any songs about girls. All of us are married. Like, it's like, you know, we're all dudes in our 30s with families. So, like, right. I think it's, that's actually one of the things I think is, is the silliest when you've got, like, you know, all these bands now who are, like, in their 40s and they're still singing these, you know, right. high school lovesick puppy songs. It's, uh, it just it's doesn't come across naturally anymore. Right. And we're like, we're going to play music that, like, sounds familiar stylistically, but we're going to be playing it to people who are our age now who liked that style of music back in the day about what we're dealing with now right 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 <laughs> and probably yeah. the same dealing with the same things right right so you know it, no love songs no um my mom and dad or won't let me have a mohawk or whatever songs right <laughs> right <laughs> we're, kind of, we're kind of the man now and we're somewhat uncomfortable with it yeah, nice thing about 401ks and driving to gymnastics <laughs> practices and <laughs> 
Right on. I, did I tell you when I went to Lancaster a couple of years ago? I wonder uh, if you were even going to meet us at a show. It was a Newfound Glory show. Yes, I remember that. And I think I was going to come to that initially, but I couldn't. I was somewhere else or something. Yeah. Lancaster is actually a lot cooler than I thought it was going to be. I had Amish country in my head. Yeah, go, you know, 10 miles in any direction outside of it. And that's what you'll you'll get into, you know. But <laughs> yeah, the city itself is cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. I can hang out there. Was that the Chameleon Club? This was pre-COVID then, right? It was the Chameleon Club. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. It's gone. Is it really? COVID, man. Ah. They, they didn't last. Bummer. Yeah, it was, really, it was a big a big loss for uh, for us. Yeah, because we had a lot of big, you know, bigger groups. I saw a bunch of people there. You know, even like my live in Harrisburg, I would drive out there and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. They had big names. I was just telling Ken before, for like a notable club, that place was so small. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Bummer. So did anything uh, replace it? Not really, actually. Uh, kind of. I mean, there's 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 a place called TELUS that has shows, TELUS 360. Uh, we've played there twice in different rooms they have. It's all right. We honestly play like there's a like a DIY or like non-official venue place. It's actually the same place that we practice, uh, <laughs> but they have shows there uh, <laughs> yeah. sometimes. We, we end up playing there most of the time in Lancaster. Um, there's a place out in Millersville, which is near here, called Phantom Power that has some decent bigger acts come through it. But it's uh, a good name. Yeah, it was a big loss. They said they're going to reopen at some point, but it's been... I don't know, three years at this point. I haven't heard anything. So, yeah, I, I mean, I can't even imagine they're selling enough tickets for, you know, the acts that are coming in. I mean, I think they they used to. They used to do really well. I mean, that club had been around for a really long time. It was pretty. I don't mean like they can't sell tickets. I mean, like the place was so small that there weren't enough tickets right. to support the acts. <laughs> so, you know, what's so funny is to me, that's a big room. Yeah. Well, yeah. For, for what you're playing. I'm thinking about it in terms of like, yeah, like that was that was the big room in Harris or excuse me, in Lancaster, I guess, you know, I've right. been to the uh, practice. I've been to the practice space shows, you know, you have yeah. to hang out there, get a couple bands together and then just kind of gig in the cement walls and stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, God. Been yeah. there. Have you been, do you know Towson well? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, 10, you know, 20 years ago. I, I don't know. But are you asking about the record? Because I saw they reopened it, right? Yeah, records. Oh, strong. yeah. That's completely different now. I actually worked in the record when I was like 19, I think. Really? Oh, yeah. I got to see a bunch of good shows there. Yeah. But when I was younger than that and I was playing in punk bands, the place right across the street, there's a thrift store called yeah. 10 Car Pile Up. Pile Up. It's not there anymore. Yeah, it is. Right? Is it really? I feel like the we were driving by there. the other day. Okay, maybe maybe it is. Okay. I think I yeah, saw. I think I saw a show there before. Yeah, there was a space upstairs where yeah. they let local bands play. Huh, that's funny. Yeah, well, those were like the kind of places we would go. Well, what's even funnier? I was looking through a box of old pictures the other day, and I have, and I remember this. It was pictures of a ska band playing in front of grain silos because it was uh, some farm in Carroll County. <laughs> where for whatever reason they let let that kids throw a show and yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's literally sure. like you know a ska band in front of grain silos. It's great. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. When I was uh, when I was, I guess it was either high school or somewhere between college, something like that. But we uh, I went down to uh, Wilmer's Park in Brandywine, Maryland, which is like down in like Southern Maryland, and it was like at a ball field kind of thing like that. You're out in the sticks or whatever. At least it felt like that to me. Maybe, you know, God bless all the people down there. But yeah. uh, but yeah. I saw Porno for Pyros there. And we're like, oh, no shit. What? I'm like, what are wow. Porno for Pyros doing playing here? And like, yeah, it was an insane day. Just an insane cool. day. Lot, lot, yeah. So for a lot of reasons. Uh, but I remember just being like, this is amazing. I can't believe I can't believe they came through here. I don't get it. I don't understand it. <laughs> that was actually the, probably one of the most entertaining shows too, as far as like staging and shit like that. Like they did all kinds, like every song was a different, like almost like a different theater act thing like yeah. that where you had, and literally there were strippers and, and fireballs and stuff like that too, which really kind I of mean, hit, the, hit the note there. Perry Farrell, you kind of expect nothing less. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. they did the classic, like somebody jumped up on stage and uh, the security guards jumped up and grabbed him. And, and then they were like <laughs> pulling him off and then they started fighting and all that stuff. And then right on beat, they all start dancing. Like, so like flash mob style, sort of all start dancing right into the beat of the whole thing. And it was all set nice. up and stuff. It was just tons of stuff like that, which is awesome. But yeah, it was really, really cool. cool. All right. So what are the plans for the band now? I know you just picked up a horn player. We did. We which did. Which makes everything better. Is that an official member of the band or just kind of like set official in on Official member of the band. Okay. So it's so it sounds run. great too. It sounds, sounds great. 
Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, it's it's something you know. I think it adds, adds a different element. We need a little bit more melody. Uh, it's a little bit you you know somewhat unique, although not that it hasn't been been done before. Just we do a running ska. joke about like everyone uh, except our drummer uh, likes ska, uh, so it's a big running joke that we're going to become a ska band. Although we really aren't, and and I mean you know. Yeah, even what we play, even like, you know, a lot of what people call ska, I would argue, is more like pop punk with horns. But whatever, <laughs> we had a horn. If you want to call it a ska band, I don't care. Right. It's, it's yeah. a big, Sometimes uh, you play on the upbeat. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll throw in. I really don't want to because I don't want to because I hate pedals. So I don't want to have to switch to a clean channel to do those ska parts. I'll be honest. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> that's, uh, that's maybe it's really... On. Maybe that's really the drummer's exit strategy right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah like, yeah. all right, and, and with that, this is the moment. I'm out. Right. <laughs> Time to find your new right. drummer. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So you so, got yeah. a horn, picked up a horn player. We we did a um there's a show we do every Halloween or most I think we've done it. Well, we've done it twice, but uh, they do uh, a cover show where a band used be another band and cover that band's songs. Oh, cool. So we decided yeah. to do Let and Jake, who, who we're all, you know, oh. we're all big fans of, except our drummer. Uh, <laughs> what a bozo. <laughs> I randomly, you know, again, going going to finding the niche of the person, I was at a kid with one of my kids, went to a birthday party uh, that were friends of ours. Their neighbor brother was over because their kid was invited to the party. I started talking to him randomly and he was like, oh, I just moved here now. Go! I play all sorts of stuff. I'm a big piano player, and I play trombone. And I was like, "Oh, hey, would you oh, be nice. interested in like doing this cover <laughs> set with us and and hanging out?" And he's again similar guy, you know, in his thirties, kids, career, and all that stuff. But you yeah. know, listen to it. So we did this cover set doing Lesson Jake songs with him, and it was so great. We were just like, "Hey, do you want to like add trombone to our songs and like you know come come be fully in the band?" And yeah, he's on board. So <laughs> that's awesome. We've like added. Uh, we obviously have some in the new song we just put out. Um, but we're really even retroactively like he's added horn lines to a bunch of our old songs. So like when we play live now, we've got. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's incredibly serendipitous. Well, it, it'd be weird to play a set and be like, if you could just go sit over there or here's, right. here's, a, here's a tambourine, <laughs> if you could just hold we this really for a little bit. One song right now. <laughs> just we're going to we're really building into it. Don't worry. There's yeah. more coming. But for right now, if you could just. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, as far as plans, we're, we're right. You know, we're always kind of trying to keep moving and, and, and write and record more. Um, we've got one we're, I think, getting ready to record soon. And I don't know. We'll probably try to do another couple songs. It's like an EP. It's so funny seeing, you know, none of it matters anymore. We did our initial release as like an album. And then we did one year. Where we just put out like a song a month individually. We just yeah. released this last one as a three song EP. I don't know anymore. We're just kind of throwing it, whatever, out there whenever we have stuff done and ready to release in whatever format we want so who's recording you guys so we do a lot of stuff uh on our own um matt and, and alex like i said they've been in bands and they're super good so like the guitar and bass stuff we do all on our own um drums we've moved around a lot but we uh, vocals I, I like doing with with the producer and, and in a studio uh so drums and vocals we do with a place in, in lancaster there's a, a studio called the kaleidoscope um by a couple of guys and they're like the guys like every most of the bands around here i end up you know, talking to them and find out they record with uh with them but they've had some pretty like you know larger ish type bands come through and stuff so yeah it's a cool little spot right in in downtown lancaster 10 minutes from my house so put the kids to bed i can pop down yeah, there that's convenient spend two hours busting out a song and you know it's it's great you know we'll do do a couple sessions like that and bust out a couple it's uh yeah we make it work yeah your stuff definitely goes back and forth there's plenty that sounds good but then there's stuff that sounds professional yeah we've also done we've moved around with different producers and different people mastering it as well which is a a, a big thing you know for that you know again i'm not an audio gear nerd guy and know all that all that no, stuff that's the hardest part that's what makes it so difficult yeah and there's some you know uh, some of the drums we've done a couple of different places i know we haven't been happy about it. and i think you're even saying it earlier that you, you know that I, I i sound better now and i, I agree with you 100 percent. i actually listen to like stuff we put out in <laughs> in 2020 in 2021 i'm like ah, can we re-record that just not, <laughs> not where you wanted to be i was still feeling it out you know i was like man i yeah. feel so much better about where i sing now yeah it's, it's really funny i i was saying to aaron uh before we came on as we were doing uh the intro where we just slammed the f out of all of our guests just really be right there um, <laughs> just, just into it um 
But I was saying, I actually love it, and I lo- love the sound, and obviously, you know, there's a lot of, like, the sort of, you know, Blink-182, Green Day, and all that, but I definitely heard some, like, I, I thought your voice almost had a, a quality, like, uh, they might be giants at times. Like, okay. the, maybe that's, like, the older stuff or whatever, uh, maybe not so much now, but I'm listening to them, and I don't know if you ever, like, I'm, I'm sure not, and obviously the edge is not there, um, and then they might be giants song as much, but I'm like, I there's definitely, they got some good early oh my stuff. God. Yeah, oh, definitely, and, like, they, uh, but there's, like, a, a tone to the voice that I was like, oh, that's cool, and then I was saying too like bad religion in there and then sort of an irreverence of like the dead milkman a little bit too in there so like, sure, I was like okay. all those kinds of things and that's, I'm also dating myself so there you go <laughs> no 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 I'll, I'll, <laughs> and, I will and, take all three of those as compliments yes. yeah and the Kingston <laughs> trio was very big and Paul, Peter Paul and Mary I felt some <laughs> <laughs> yeah right yeah <laughs> Well, really, guys, there's really some Otis Redding it's, in there. It's like yeah. Carl Simon Baker, sort of. Uh-huh. <laughs> Actually, it's Mozart. It's Mozart, guys. Let's be it's, honest. Okay, it's, it's, it's all Mozart from there. Right. Yeah, you know, I, honestly, I think there was a time where it took me a while to figure out, like when I was doing solo stuff, uh, it was very, you know, singer songwriter acoustic-y. You don't have to. There's not a specific voice you're necessarily going for, but I think in some of the earlier stuff, I was going to be trying too hard to be like pop punk voice guy but yeah. like you guys hear me i have a deep voice i'm not like you know <laughs> newfound glory or like <laughs> i don't know if you could tell but i have the same problem <laughs> <laughs> right yeah it's like I, I you know i don't have that voice so it's kind of like but i'm also not you know there's a sub you know element of when you get into the genre of just being just real gruff you know a shouty type too which is also not not my bag i think i do actually like sing but it's just i'm in <laughs> right. to be a little bit behind my range i feel like i'm getting into the sweet spot with our our later stuff yeah that's yeah. Awesome. I mean, that's what it's all about. Finding your range. It's, it's so hard. And what's really cool going back, it, there's always like one band every few decades, you know, that kind of has that sweet spot because mm-hmm. you're right. Most of the bands do have that traditional pop punk voice. that's really high, but mm-hmm. bad religion, you know, they always sang low. And then, you know, when fallout boy came out, they're doing their own thing and he's got a deep voice that he knows how to use well. And it's completely different, but it works so well. And so it reminds you everyone yeah. all that like, oh, you know, there is variety within this genre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You well, don't have I mean, to you know, like break your vocal cords to get high. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think we use it as such a loose term at this point anyway. Like whatever. Uh, those are the bands that we all liked, I think. And we we identify with that that scene. But it's like, you know, all the hyphens you can put into genres these days and post pre this, <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I get tired of it at this point. <laughs> yeah, me too. I just like whatever sounds good. Exactly. So a couple important questions. Yeah. One, who are three bands that you're going to see every time they come around? Uh, Less Than Jake is definitely one I will pretty much always see when they come around. I think um, I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they're probably the band I've seen the most in my life. Uh, cool. Frank Turner will be a close second and he's on that list as, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my third one would be a band called Punchline, uh, who's, who's out of Pittsburgh, who, um, I heard the name. Real, yeah, real, real cool band. And they've, they've been around, they were kind of part of that, that scene. Right. And they'd have a really interesting story of, you know, they were like peers of fallout boy. Right. And at one point, like fallout boy was opening for them. And then oh, they, wow. you know, oh, fallout boy like blow up and they got relatively like, you know, big enough on the scene, but obviously never like those type of heights and stuff like that. But they've, you know, they've managed to keep like a real like loyal fan base. And I actually saw, I saw them open for less than Jake in like, you know, 2002, I think at the record, actually, I think is where it was. Uh, and I <laughs> And uh, I ended up. It's possible I, I was there. Yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> I think it was 2002. I think I buy the ticket stub or something somewhere. But yeah, I mean, I could literally look on these posters behind me. Those are <laughs> all ticket oh, wow. stubs I've yeah. collected. Yeah, nice. Well, That's some impressive. of them I still have a huge pile that I need to figure out something else to do with. Yeah, I have them shoved in a box. That's pretty impressive. Uh, better display, <laughs> but. <laughs> But uh, just to go back, uh, you know, punchline, um, I ended up meeting and getting to know the the guy, Chris Fafalios, who's uh, the the bass player in the band. And it's just crazy connections all over the place. So he hmm. uh, is tight with the guys from Less Than Jake, obviously knowing them back in the day. He is the producer of uh, Chris DeMakes, who is the lead singer of Less Than Jake's uh, yeah. podcast. So he has a, a Chris makes as a podcast. Uh, his producer is this guy, Chris Fafalios, who's in this band oh, cool. Punchline, who also is tight with the guys at the studio we recorded at. And Punchline oh, sometimes no comes to Lancaster and records at that no, studio. Sure. Yeah. So just 
weird circular connections of us knowing a lot of mutual people and I, you know, managed to, to meet him and they actually, uh, they do a segment called Band You Might Not Know on that podcast and they they featured one of our songs a while ago, which was pretty cool. No uh, way, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. It was like one of those things where I was like, man, if you told, if I could go back in time and tell 16 year old me that like, uh, <laughs> Lee, we have less than Jake has a podcast, I'd probably, well, first, what's a podcast? But then second, you played your band on his called a radio show so that I get it in 2002. But uh, <laughs> no, if he plays your band, right. I would be like, wow, I would, you know, blow my mind. So um, that's why I feel like I feel like cool. I've done what I ever thought I would ever do with this band at this point anyway. So anything else we do is just incredible, you know, icing up the cake. But yeah. I mean, you keep sounding better. So keep going with it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I mean, you know, we have no intention of stopping anytime soon as long as we're having having a good time with it. And uh, people somewhat somehow people keep finding it randomly and listening. We'll uh, we'll keep going. <laughs> Cool. So we add like a travel aspect to this podcast. Yeah. We want to know about where you came from. And I mean, that's going to be a little hard because Eldersburg is <laughs> there probably wasn't too much there then. So let's call your stomping grounds uh, Lancaster. Okay. Now, if that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. And I started to mention before <laughs> I went to that concert a few years ago up in Lancaster and I was thinking like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, Amish country. It's what the hell is there to do up there? And before I went, a friend sent me an article from the New York Times about how Lancaster was this hub for ethnic foods because it had been such a welcoming community to refugees that mm -hmm. they all flocked here and they all opened up these really authentic restaurants. And so it had this huge list of like 50 restaurants to go try out. And I was blown away. We went there and like we had so many choices and uh, yeah. it was a cool town. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, a cool, you know, small city that's very, you know, artsy, just surrounded by, you know, country, right? And a lot of it's yeah. Amish. But even, you know, I'm kind of a little, I'm like 10 minutes from downtown Lancaster and, and like, a, if you had us considered it a suburb of Lancaster, and even here, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you would go outside and it looks like a regular suburban development anywhere. The difference is next to it, it's an Amish farm. Then the other side of that <laughs> is a suburban development. And then there's another yeah. Amish farm, you know, it's just kind of, kind of mixed in. And then you go, a little bit further out and yeah that's all it is but the city itself is great i mean it's um you know like i said there's a lot of, a lot of art galleries and stuff and i think you said you went to a lot of food obviously you were talking about and then a good yeah. music scene as we've kind of figured out you know all right so one of your favorite bands comes to town and they say after the show we want to hang out where are you taking them <laughs> you're showing off a little bit yeah but uh you're not going crazy so you're not gonna have like a sit down you know white cloth dinner but something fun Something fun. That's a great question. And, and, and I'm sad, like I'm sadly sitting here racking my brain because I've only lived here since I've had children. Oh. <laughs> so I had no God. like going out and down in the Lancaster phase. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I'll tell you where they would go. I'll take them. So there's a place we've actually played a show at before called American Bar and Grill. And okay. it's kind of known as like the, uh, like, it's kind of like the punk rock-ish bar in town, but great, great wings. Good, good, real, like legit bar, you know, bar atmosphere. And uh, cool. every once in a while, they have uh, punk bands there. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Um, you ever go to that Amish market? Absolutely. We take the kids down on Saturday mornings a lot. Go get a what fresh get pretzel. There? Uh, they get get a soft pretzel. Oh, the pretzel. Yeah, they okay. like hand roll them, and you can do like this. You guys know Annie Ann's is Jesus headquartered in from Lancaster. I didn't know really? that. I had no yep. idea. Yep. Wow. Annie Ann was like a Mennonite lady who like I was going to say that pretzels, and everyone loved them, and it blew up. So yeah, their corporate headquarters is like right in downtown. Wow. Huh. If when I go to the Amish market right by us, that's the go to get the, the yeah. stuff the stuffed pretzel. So oh, good. Oh yeah, I mean I don't. So I, good. Not going to get into why I don't like to go in the Amish market for a lot of reasons, but <laughs> oh man, those pretzel dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I will walk over people to get them. <laughs> the central market isn't just uh, Amish. It's, you know, a lot of those particular vendors yeah, and stuff. Right. I have my my challenges with the Amish as well. I could, we could discuss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'll put it that way. Right. <laughs> they're right okay, they're outside. They're outside. No, it's okay. They won't, they won't hear us, guys, because they won't sound like this. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, the, the Amish market by us is amazing food. And then it's like a weird bazaar of like, you know, strange. It feels like a half yard sale, half. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Uh, Central Market is very cool. Did you go when you came up, Aaron? I've been there. Yeah. Okay, cool. So pretzels are definitely my number one there. Yep. They do them well. All right. American Bar and Grill. What's one more? Did you see how, how hard this? he worked have to be for that? <laughs> Did you see how hard he worked? <laughs> this can even be kid oriented. It's it doesn't true. have to be a bar or restaurant. Uh, oh, well, what's something cool know. to do? Uh, well, I'm going to sound. Uh, uh, this I'll tell you something that's really cool that I did. <laughs> uh, 
my, I did made my wife do it on my birthday, uh, but she was into it. We did a, a this is appropriate for the podcast. Yeah, it is. Was, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. That was a great intro. Yes. It was a, uh, a walking ghost tour of Lancaster. Oh, fuck yeah. I've done one in Fells Point down in Baltimore. Yeah. Cause I don't know you guys know there's a, a pretty famous uh, massacre of native Americans that occurred in this area called the Conestoga Indian massacre. No, and not the, know that. the town jail was like built over this grave site. So like, you know, they took us down an alley and it was like, this is where people have seen them come. It was, it was cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So come go to the American bar and grill and uh, go to the walking ghost tour. Hit a ghost tour. Okay. Love it. Got it. That's something like kind of night. <laughs> and, and record music at the Kaleidoscope if you feel like laying down some tracks because uh, I got yeah, shot. That's, yeah. that's the place to be. <laughs> Badass. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, it's already getting late for all of us because we're old dads. <laughs> we yeah. got things to do in the morning. We won't keep you up too much longer. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. This was great. This was fun. Hopefully, yeah, man. Uh, this was good. Hopefully I didn't ramble too much. I think I was relatively concise. I tried to be. No, I mean, you, that's the beauty of the podcast. Yeah, it's it's exactly. Aaron's the one who has to edit it. So yeah, it's a podcast. <laughs> Everyone knows it's just going to be three white guys talking over each other. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Try to parse that out. It's actually just heard. a vehicle for Aaron's musical career. So he just wants to do this so he can do <laughs> intros and outros and stingers for this. That's all it is. Nice. It's all just a nice. ruse for that. So. Yes, just work my way up to talk to bands I want to meet. Yeah, well, honestly, that's half our motivation is we try to like figure out how to play with bands that we like and would love to play with. You know, there was a band called Teenage Halloween who I've got like super into, one of my favorite like newer bands, and we we played with them twice now, just reaching out to them and stuff. So I went to one of those shows. Oh yeah, that's right. And I remembered the singer coming out and, you know, Jeremy and I nudged each other like, oh, Jesus Christ, like <laughs> they look like they just tripped out of high school. And uh, man, they yeah. had some stage presence. They were good, like right away. Yeah, they're uh, they're incredible. Yeah. So they uh, yeah, they're they're huge. They're going to get they're going to go places, I think, at least in terms of bands of my you know interest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Yep. It's been real. Cool. Nice to meet you, Ken. And yeah. Nice to meet you, too, man. Yeah. All right. Good. See you. Have a good night. Wow, that was a quick ejection for him. He was like, I'm out. Yeah. I mean, I always He's wonder, like, like how, how do we tell him to close? You just be like, just get right. up and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, just trail off as we go. So, yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother, man. Yep. I will see you. Have a good night. See you, buddy.